0: Hello, welcome to Local Anesthetic Podcast. This is your weekly injection of mind-numbing local news. My name is Alex. This is Rob. Evening all. Um, this is episode 83 now. We can be found on our website, which is www.lapodcast.net. We are on Twitter at, at Podcast. We are on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash Podcast. You can download all of our episodes from our website. You can find them on iTunes, where you can subscribe to us, which will automatically download episodes to your iDevice. Um... And are we doing it SoundCloud anymore? We're not sticking things on SoundCloud anymore. I, are I might,
1: I might. Uh, should we just leave it? Just yeah, I don't it. think.
0: Yeah, because people can just go to the website and download. Yeah, forget them. it. Yeah, it's, it's dead. Mm. It's unnecessary. We don't we don't want to get into too much fragmentation, Rob. Absolutely, you're right. You know, it, we, it distills the product. Yeah. You understand? Yeah. Dilutes it might be the word. Anyway, I was moving forward. on. I know what you mean dilutes the product, Yeah, um, we want to consolidate the product, Rob. Do you understand? Yes, absolutely. Consolidation is the key. Now, um, in the week, Rob, uh, uh, yeah, about a week ago, I had a text from a friend of mine who listens to the show. He's a regular listener. listens to every show. I really appreciate him listening. He's an accountant by trade. So um, boring. Huh? Boring? Is he boring?
1: Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's a generalisation. Their accountants, by their very nature, tend to be boring. No, no, no. Uh, no. I Another mean, way he's um, is he boring? <laughs>
0: That should be an instant answer, Alex. I knew it should, because I was thinking back to the past, and I was thinking when when I remember once at, at school, somebody called him Mr. Charisma.
1: Oh. Yeah. That's quite an accolade.
0: Exactly. Mm. Anyway. Now, he sent me a a photograph uh, that he took inside a pub, because he was in a pub with his wife and his child I assume I think the child, their child was with them and they were having a, I presume some sort of Sunday roast whatever I don't know I'm just <laughs> rambling but the point is he must, he's seen one of these bloody bra bins that we've been talking it's about amazing. It must it's amazing Yeah, it's a picture of a bin it's got a bra over it it says donate your bras here and and it just looks revolting you know? I mean these are the bras for Africa if anybody doesn't know we've had two podcasts now one right at the beginning and one very recently where we've had stories about pe- people donating bras and that the weight of the bra gets
1: converted into a paltry sum of money, which then gets sent to Africa. Do you think that any woman, maybe under the influence of alcohol, has, has tried to remove her bra half of the night and donate it?
0: I think that's probably where quite
1: a few... I, mean, I don't know what, what, what the, uh, what, you know what the pub is like. I mean,
0: yeah, No, you know, it looked like, and I think it was out in the country somewhere. I think it was a classy establishment. Oh, well. I see, okay. I imagine.
1: Um, two things I'd like to mention. By the way, the first is... Um, oh, we're get, sorry, can I say we're going to put that photo up on... On Facebook and Twitter on, as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'd like to just share my experience very briefly on the walk from Sydney Station. Um, Today? Yeah. Just as I was walking up here, there was a man wearing a high-vis jacket. Um, I, I I don't know whether he was mentally ill or been drinking heavily. I'm assuming it's the latter. Mm. Staggering up um, Sydney High Street <laughs> with uh, a pornographic magazine in one hand. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> Let's face it had been well-thumbed. Yeah, so I thought you'd like to hear yeah. that. Yeah, I'll, I'll look out for him. And the second one, just to mention... What a great look. <laughs> I love that he's wearing to hide his jacket just to make himself stand out. To be honest, I, I thought it was my dad. Right. Um, the second thing is to say that uh, we now have a new follower on Twitter... Is it an important follower? I mean, it certainly is. I would is. have thought we'd pick up followers every day, well Just like to say, welcome Jim Palmer, leisure editor
0: of The New Shopper. Ah, because a few weeks ago, or last episode, I can't remember what it was, I read out a story by Jim Palmer, a Halloween themed story, which ritual. was, well, it was an advertisement, wasn't it, we believe? Yes. Um, but his title is Jim Palmer, leisure editor, and we imagine him to be... Uh, somebody quite stuck in the '80s, driving a sports car. He's got a card with a palm tree on it that says Jim Palmer, Leisure Editor. That's right, yeah. Probably lived, spent some time in Miami at some point in his life, or would have definitely. liked to. Wears a Hawaiian shirt.
1: Yeah, definitely. I was thinking more sort of a wham, sort of his own little yeah. ponytail or a mullet. Yeah, white suit jacket with the sleeve rolled up, something like that. Something that makes him that says cool. Yeah, yeah.
0: Okay, good.
1: Well, thank you. I hope, Jim Palmer, you are
0: listening to the podcast. If you are, can you ask your editor, Andrew Parks, what's happened to his editor's eye? It's all very well to start doing an editorial on a weekly basis, but if you're going to stop doing it, you should maybe write an editorial explaining why you're not doing it anymore. (laughs) That's a good point. Maybe that's just me. So, Rob, I'm going to start us off then with a a small smattering of stories here. And talking of the new shopper, and talking of... Our friend, the editor of the News Shopper, Andrew Parks, and his now apparently defunct um, editor's eye comments editorials. You know, I said to you a few weeks ago, didn't I, that I think he's taken to writing these, these small tidbits called oh, these, burning questions. Yeah, they, that's
1: right. We're yeah. readers to ask these, answer, about, oh, answer. answer
0: some burning question that, that he's put. They don't say they're written by him, they never say who they're written by. I'm betting, <laughs> betting they're written by him. And this is a recent one, to give you an example, because I never really update you on them because they're so banal. Right. But Tuesday, 26th of November, this was, Rob. Burning questions. Who wants to live forever? Would you choose to, if given the chance? Depends if I was forced to read the new shocker at the same time. Good point. Mm. If you were given the chance to live forever, would you take it? Improvements in hygiene, advances in medicine, and easily available health services have resulted in life expectancy going on a seemingly non-stop upward trajectory. More and more people are reaching their 100th birthday and getting that card from the Queen to celebrate the milestone. Of course, despite the modern obsessions with dieting and exercise, death does catch up with all of us, and we succumb to old age eventually, albeit older than in previous generations, generally speaking. This, I like the way they're just stating the bleeding obvious. I mean, I'm assuming most New Shopper readers are aware that we will all die. <laughs> I mean, especially New Shopper readers, I would have thought. I don't know. There are some local locals out there that may not realise that. Scientists may one day develop the tools to allow the human body to survive for much longer through flowing or stopping the aging process or devise some other method of achieving immortality, such as transplanting human minds into artificial bodies. Ridiculous, far-fetched, sci-fi, sci-fi nonsense now, but who knows, one day. Suppose you had the option of a treatment right now today that would allow you to live forever. Would you do it? What would be the benefits and pitfalls of being able to live on indefinitely? Wouldn't you get bored after a while? Can you see why I think this is written by Andrew Parks? Because I think these are his philosophical musings <laughs> and he thinks nobody else has had. So he started yeah. to speculate on the fact that, you know, to, to sort of muse on death and whether or not we might one day be immortal and what might
1: happen, you know, after death. I mean, let's face it, it's not the first time that he's he's realmed into into the uh, uh, thinking around death and face his own mortality. So, yeah, it's a, it's a possibility. Would it make a difference to your decision if only you had the
0: ability to live forever and everyone else around you would age normally? So there he's asking the question, would you want to live forever, but you'd be the only person alive? <laughs> Add your comments below. And he uh, uh, just clarifies, our burning question in Feech aims to settle some of life's perennial arguments and answer some of its little mysteries with readers' collective knowledge. So... Some comments on this story, Rob. There are only a couple. Oh, right, okay. People (laughs) don't exactly read these stories or send them in droves. droves. Uh, Yeah, just a couple of comments here. Um, South London Bird says, no thanks. I would already like to get off the planet as soon as possible. The world has turned into a nasty place and looks like it won't be improving in the not-too-distant future. Plus, we won't have no pensions to be able to live on. Oh, what a great message uh, that, that was. That's a very good point, though, isn't it? If you were going to live forever, what the hell would they do about the state pension? Yes, but, uh, it's, it's unfundable, Rob, isn't it? Uh, this is true, but uh, at the same time, can I just say that... You would have to cull people at a certain age.
1: Just I push you out into a river. A bit like Logan's Run. Yes. Mm, that's an idea, though.
0: Love that film. Joe, who always gives a good comment, yeah. last comment here, just says, Yes. I love my life and everything about it. I work hard for myself and family and provided I wasn't a burden health-wise, I'd love to live on for eternity. Life's what you make
1: it. Surprisingly upbeat. Yeah.
0: But that's uh, just to give you an insight into this uh, burning comment uh, questions uh, feature in the new shopper. you can see it's utterly
1: tedious. And also, I, I mean, I know there have been advances in medical science, but still, I mean, the life expectancy, I mean, it, it is still finite at this point in time. I think there's going to be some years before, they, before people, you know, stop dying.
0: Yeah. Um, personally, Rob, I doubt that that will ever happen. Yeah. Now, Rob, this story has to be a new... Sh- oh, you might have seen about this already. I have no idea because I'm assuming it went viral all around the web, probably the world. It's a, a new... I'd say it's a local anesthetic classic, this. Right. Um, it's from the 15th of November, Rob. It is a brilliant story. Um, and the headline is... There's no journalist listed, surprisingly, because it is a quality story. <laughs> right. Of the highest order. And the headline is, Sid Cut Mum Gets the Hump After Mistakenly Buying Camel Balls for Her Kids.
1: <laughs> yeah? Well, who hasn't? Yeah, okay. exactly. Camel Balls? Yeah.
0: It'll all become clear in a minute, Rob. Right. A Sid Cut Mum has got the hump after discovering the 10-piece sweets she had bought for her kids were, in quotes, disgusting camel balls. Where the fuck did she buy those from? No, no, keep keep, hear- keep listening, Rob. Sarah Phillips of Harman Drive purchased the chewing gum, so it is chewing gum, it is a sweet, on Tuesday, November the 12th from a 7-Eleven store in, a Sidcup, in Sidcup Oval. It was only on returning home she noticed that the liquid-filled confectionery had a picture of a grinning camel exposing its, exposing its nether regions, and she felt taken for a ride. The 41-year-old said, I think it's disgusting. I was shocked when I discovered it said Camel Balls. I saw it said Caramel Balls. In <laughs> I think, Rob, for clarification, in order for you to understand the rest of the story, you have to understand, see a picture. This is a sweet, right? It's a chewing gum. Whoever's made it has decided to call the
1: sweet Camel Balls. <laughs> and this is the packaging. <laughs> That is brilliant. You can understand why she might could be confused at a, a brief glance and said it and and it appeared to say camel balls, but yes. How would you be confused when there's a picture of a of of a camel, a close-up of a camel's knacker's on the front? Yeah, I mean I'm sorry, but so she's outraged that because Rob, you've got them... to describe this picture for the listeners. What is it of? I mean it's the backside of a camel whose testicles are clearly exposed and the camel it's is a cartoon is, drawing. is bending round. And giving a cheeky wink to camera.
0: <laughs> I do find that very surprising. Sweets are generally bought by kids. That does seem to me
1: inappropriate. Don't yeah, you? Uh, yeah, to I make agree. make a sweet called but, uh, Camel Balls that have a picture of testicles on the front. But you get you get penguin shit as well, and not it's not called penguin shits, which is um, oh, I think called penguin pellets. Yeah, but, but, a but having a chocolate. picture of bro, these are a big, great, hairy pair of testicles. Well, but are they hairy? I can't remember. Uh, no, they're not. They're a little bit like peanuts. They're big. I, said, I did say peanuts huge. by the way. The size of his head. Uh, yeah, I think that's just a photo zoomed in, likes. But also, I mean, I know that, obviously, it's, it's, it's because it's quite grotesque, but it's not like the actual camel's testicles, is it? No, I personally am a bit shocked that a sweet manufacturer would think
0: it's appropriate oh, to you. picture a cartoon picture of a... Co- of, okay, so if it was camel dick and had a big picture of <laughs> it. I would love it. that. Yeah, but would you think that was inappropriate? Camel wang. If your young uh, child came home, six years old, with that, Camel balls. Hang
1: out of his mouth. <laughs> Disgusting.
0: I only went in to buy some chewing gum and noticed some kids' 10p sweets, this woman says, so I thought I'd buy, so 10, buy for 10 for my two children. So she bought 10. 10 of them for her two children, five each. So a lot of camel balls. <laughs> if I'd given it to them, they lot. could have taken them into school and then I am the mum who gave kids a sweet with a pair of balls on it. The mum of two does not understand why they seem to be targeted at youngsters. She said they're children. Why do they need to look at a camel with a big pair of balls? It's a good, it's a good question, love. <laughs> it says on the packet they're liquid-filled. I don't want to know what... Of
1: course what. So. they're testicles. What else to be filled with? I don't want that kind of conversation
0: with my kids. I can't believe they were designed to be sold to children. I would not want that kind of conversation at school. I just can't understand how they got, got to where they are. Don't they have to be vetted? My husband thought it was hilarious, and there is a funny See? side. But I still think it's wrong. Mrs. Phillips thinks a confectionery should be pulled out of shops. She said, I think they should be taken away from shops. I told Bexley Council and they said they don't have the resources to cover it. <laughs> <laughs> People say it's just a bit of fun, but I don't get it. The UK managing director of Finney Sweets UK mm. Limited, Paul Southam, said, I'm sorry your reader has failed to see the somewhat humorous side of this product. However, I do fully understand the need for freedom of speech when a parent feels protective against her young ones. In this day and age, we see lots of horrific sights and hear lots of vulgar language, and like me, your reader has quite rightfully intervened in voicing her opinion regarding this Spanish bestseller. So they're a Spanish, sweet Pre Yeah, Pre-launch, it's always a Spanish. It is. Pre-launch, I was somewhat hesitant whether or not to launch it in the UK. However, I was assured that the product is exported to over 80 countries without any problem. He added, we have had three letters of complaint, which are all fully understandable. However, the parents of these children did see the funny side to degree. Novelty products such as these have a very short life date, in so much as they disappear as fast as they come. However, Camel Balls keeps going from strength to strength <laughs> for some untold reason.
1: Can I ask, when you buy into Camel Balls, does it have sort of a creamy fill- filling in the centre, or? I don't know. Um, yeah, like a Cadbury's cream egg. Yeah, so like a fondant, yeah.
0: yeah. Um, comments, Rob. Poppy Greenleaf says, not sure what's worse, the fact that the new shop shopper published this non-story of Sarah Phillips. Or if she now has the embarrassment of being published all over the web because she didn't notice the huge camel on the front with its huge testicles hitting <laughs> her in the face. Good on her husband for seeing the funny side. Exactly. Chart Update says, This is why, although I love living in Sidcup, I don't like to talk about it. <laughs> Mosi said she should hang them on her husband's to enhance his pair. Nice. No need for that, really.
1: Yeah, There's no need for that.
0: Jippo Joe says, Disgraceful news shopper, you will be billed for my keyboard that's now full of coffee. <laughs> Uh, tonic says, well, "He say, I think he's saying he's laughed and it's been Oh his he spat it okay, mm. point, yeah. Tonic says, should have gone Spec Savers. Yeah, yeah. We're not advertising now, that's a comment. Somebody seems to misunderstand Jippo Joe's comment. He said, you know, disgraceful new shopper, you'll be billed for my keyboard now that it's full of coffee. Which is obviously I think in being humorous, sarcastic. yeah. yeah. Uh, because Dano Fish wrote, Agree, total non-storey and a waste of paper it's printed on. So Jippo Joe comes back to him and just says, Grow a set, Dino. <laughs> Paul Erith. Hey, he's back! Sorry. Sarah Phillips of Harman Drive really needs to have a good look at herself. There's been some sad stories in the new shopper over the years, but for me this takes a biscuit. Why would you ever go to a paper about this? If you're that easily offended by some fun children's sweets, you really must have lived a sheltered life. A bit harsh to bear but Paul, I feel. I'm with Sarah on this, I don't think it's appropriate to sell a product called Camel Balls to kids, full stop. Oh yeah, I disagree. Dark Board says, in other news, Patricia Jones from Bexley was horrified to discover that Kellogg's Frosties were actually sugar-coated cornflakes and not an eight-foot-long Bengal tiger. Speaking exclusively to the new shopper, the mum of two said, You should have seen the look on my little Tyler's face when we opened the box and all we could see was cereal. Kellogg should be ashamed of themselves. A spokesperson for Kellogg stated that we apologise for any distress suffered by Mrs Jones, but she really should have opened her eyes and actually read what was on the packet instead of whinging to the local rag. My issue with that comment, Rob, is it completely misunderstands Sarah Phillips' complaint. She's not saying I expected it to be a pair of camel balls (laughs) and I'm annoyed that it's actually chewing gum. (laughs) So the analogy doesn't work. Highway Warrior says, I'm not surprised she got the hump. What's she thinking about feeding her kids that for dessert? It's a load of old balls, if you ask me. Lots of puns there. Nice. Simon Ball says... Simon Ball? Simon Ball, Rob. Simon Ball worked for the new shopper. Oh, really? He does. And okay. he has commented. And he has commented about the person who told, said it was a total non-story and a waste of the paper that it's printed on. And he says, Hilarious! It's our most read article of the day by some way. So yes, of course, a complete non-story. I don't know why we did it. You do know that we don't feed reams of paper into your computer screen for you to be able to read the website, right? A bit I think he's taken a bit personally, hasn't he? I think he might have written the article. <laughs> he comes back again if somebody else said if pointless story he said you know if something that gets read more than 4,000 times so far and gets a long string of comments on here on Twitter and Facebook is a non-story then I'll take that I,
1: this isn't a man like we should really be upsetting by the sound of it
0: <laughs> but this isn't appropriate is it, for him to be commenting well on this. you wouldn't have thought Andy so. Parks needs to take him to one side him to calm down <laughs> uh, too much to drink says did she notice the packet of Durex she also bought wasn't actually chewing gum <laughs> That's the end of that story.
1: Brilliant. Did you enjoy it? I did. That's, uh, that's definitely a winner in my books. Mm. No pun for us to finish on? Um,
0: no. Your contributions to that story really have been a load of old balls. <laughs> okay,
1: um, I've got three stories. I have to say, they're all of a, a reasonable length. So, unfortunately, the list, there is a listen story, but it's quite short. Um, the first one is from The Guardian, not that one, um, which obviously covers the areas of uh, Waltham Forest. Not the, not the traitorous Guardian, then. Oh, no, not the traitorous Guardian, no. Do so you that's the way you refer to it from now on? <laughs> not the and traitorous Guardian. And I do I'm mean saying. that tongue-in-cheek,
0: because I actually course. support The Guardian's expose.
1: As we all do. So the story is, uh, it's by David Egbo, which is still is a fantastic name. Uh, MP's biscuit Sprint." Rob, don't we speculate that David
0: Egbro is the uh, butthole man? Otherwise known oh, yes. as pothole man. Good point. It's yeah, making... one and the same, isn't it?
1: I think it might be. Uh, MP's biscuit spend equal to 150 packs per day. Uh, I'm not sure if I need to clarify. I mean, if I said anything, you'll know who this, gonna, this is, but I'm not sure we need to clarify to the listen, listeners. This story about Eric Pickles, by the way. Chairman of the Conservative Party? Is he? I thought that was a growing oh, right, Yeah,
0: you're... Yeah, why the hell would you make him chairman, want Shams? Well, yeah. Anyway, uh, Eric Pickles is community secretary. That's correct,
1: it? yeah, and uh, he's, he's he's a slightly... Um, it helps the man. Yeah, it yeah. helps
0: the Tories to have a fat Northerner, working-class Northerner, or apparently working-class in their ranks. It's like the equivalent of when, of when uh, Labour had John Prescott.
1: Exactly, even though the fact he is now MB for Ongar, which is quite an affluent area on the borders of London. Uh, Eric Pickles has denied... I've never heard of Ongar. Where is it? Uh, it used to be on the tube until they closed the line. Um, if you keep going towards Epping, it's it's about it used to be about four stops on. Right, yeah, very pretty little place. Chipping Ongar is known as because that's its name. <coughs> uh, Eric Pickles has denied his government department spent extra ten thousand pounds on biscuits in a year. Uh, The Ongar MP told LBC Radio the figure of £40,000 spent in 2012 was up from £30,000 in 2011 because of of an administrative error. The Secretary of State for for local government went on to say the figure was still lower than his Labour predecessor's spending. Uh, The biscuits were were served at meetings and the biscuits of choice were thought to be custard creams, ginger nuts and digestives. (laughs) Uh, I always like ginger nuts. Yeah. Always makes me laugh. Uh, and I like camel nuts, but that's uh, that's something else. Camel balls, Rob. We weren't called camel nuts. Camel nuts. I think I always sound better actually. Anyway. Okay, so here here here's the the, uh, the figures. A spend of thirty thousand pounds could buy eighteen thousand one hundred eighty one packs, um, which breaks down to almost one hundred and fifty packs of biscuits each day of the year. Hmm. How many? Uh. 18,181 which is 150 packs per day which is a lot Alex I think we can, we can agree with that um, the MP explained the figure was part of our hospitality budget <laughs> when we have meetings if people come from a long distance we'll give them tea and biscuits and I think he, he tries to make a joke here I'm not playing the jammy Dodger here Oh! I even bring my own tea bags very good uh, there's a few comments uh, Ongar R.S. Says, are they along the lines of fat twat pretty much yeah I think Pickles and that alley fella uh, who apparently is the mayor of Waltham Forest um, should be locked in a room together and see who eats whom, two fatties two fatties in one fatty out um, Billy Yoroshi uh, just says Pickles are is what thin. And uh, was that meant to be waffer then. Yes. Yeah. Do you know that's fun? Do you? Yeah, of course. Yes. Uh, and the last comment is by uh, D D T M G Abels, <laughs> who simply says, "You couldn't make it up." Uh, Can right. I just say, <clears throat> Rob?
0: We're all biscuit together. Very good. It's a
1: plain well, words of we're all in this together. Um, We're all biscuit together. Maybe, maybe not. Repeat it. The next story is from the Croydon advertiser. Um, <coughs> sorry, just moving on. Um, nice. Art critic Brian Sewell says cultures wasted on Croydon. Was it Brian Sewell? Yeah, it's the
0: sort of thing he would say. Yeah, exactly. Tell that to the man walking down the Street with a Paul Mag in his
1: hand. Exactly. Although that isn't really Croydon. So. He he appreciates photography. Yeah. Uh, controversial art critic Brian Sewell has dismissed Croydon as having no real cultural tradition and says artworks such as the, the Resco collection is wasted on the town. <laughs> the comments were made during an interview of Radio Forms 4's for You and Your programme on Friday. Sewell has been described as Britain's most famous Banker? and controversial. <laughs> Maybe. <clears throat> Can I just say, I don't think I've ever met anyone quite as posh. I mean, literally, his accent is, is on Have the... Have you his. met him? No, but right. I mean, yeah, but his right. accent is bordering on the absurd. You said you would never met anybody quite as posh. Okay, I've never seen anyone on TV quite as posh. Yeah, it is. It's bordering on...
0: It, 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 it's like somebody doing... It's like a pastiche of itself, yeah. almost. I mean, his family
1: must have been interbreeding for years to produce something like well, that. Well, I think you should take that back, Robert. could be libelous. Well, you can sue me if he likes. Oh, you might do, actually. Yeah, he's got a lot of money. Yeah, but um, I apologise for the statement. Um, I'm not sure that'll be enough, Rob. <laughs> well, we'll see. Uh, picked out Croydon and Warrington as two of the UK's least cultural ahead of the sale of the Chinese uh, ceramics and auction in Hong Kong this Sunday. Uh, the Evening Standing columnist told presenter Peter White, if you live in a place like Croydon, there is no real cultural tradition. It does seem slightly dotty to have a, seri- a real serious collection of Chinese uh, ceramics. Nobody is likely to go and look at them, so they may as well be put to some good use. Or we'll put back in his house. Probably, yeah. Uh, Brian Sewell believes that the London uh, Victorian Albert Museum should have, oh, uh, should have made an offer for the collection. So, in a short story, uh, but uh, I think we can all agree that, um, although I think he's he's a bit of a pompous ass, I think uh, you think he's got a point. Yeah.
0: Well, let's see how popular the collection of what ceramic Chinese shit. Let's see how many people go to see it. It's, it's a good point. I mean, if anybody should have it shouldn't the Chinese properly have it? Uh,
1: no, I think we've, we we stole off from Fair and Square. Yeah. And that's basically how these things work. Okay. I've been to the British Museum. Um, my very last story is from the good old SNJ. Uh, so have I, by the way. What? I've been to the British Museum a number of times. Thank you for... Yeah. Mm. Uh, the The is by Hedy Mortimer. Um, I, I must admit, I did enjoy the story. Anger after ice cream van disrupts Remembrance Service in Minchin Hampton. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, God. It's like something out of Alan Partridge. A war veteran who tried to drive an ice cream van while honking his horn through a crowd paying their respects for Remembrance Service was uh, was turned upon and had his windscreen <laughs> cracked by angry bystanders who reported at his atrocious behaviour.
0: But he's a war veteran. Surely you should know better, unless he's, he's got PTSD. Why was he me an ice cream van? I don't know. Did he commandeer? <coughs> Did <coughs> please tell me. He tells us. Gives. There must be detail in this story. Surely there is. There is.
1: The seventy old, um, the seventy-six year old man. Seventy-six. Yeah, he's a war veteran, Alex. Yeah, we didn't say what war. War it could have been the fucking Falklands, through. Uh, who himself had served in Mal- um, in Malaya. Malaya. Uh, tried to drive the, Winst- the Winston's ice cream van along the high street through the crowd to have gathered for the wreath-laying ceremony and the two-minute silence at the Minchin-Hampton Market Square on Sunday, November the tenth. So, so
0: this was actually uh, a Veterans Day thing. Yes, this was Remembrance right. Sunday. So on Remembrance <laughs> Sunday, he chose to gate-crash the remembrance of his own fallen comrades with an ice cream van. So he, he presumably thought he was doing a good thing today, trying to lighten the mood. Or oh,
1: I think he was just trying to—he was literally just trying to get to the, the ceremony. <laughs> oh. I think it, he the ice prom. cream man, is he? Yeah, well, well, can we come on to this. Uh, parish councillor Roy Nichols, uh, Nicholas said, um, "I've never witnessed such a blatant disregard of what people were celebrating. Sorry, not celebrating, commemorating." Uh, yeah, Get that right. Roy. Yeah. He was asked to stop, but took no notice. <laughs> Others were banging on the side of the vehicle, <laughs> and the windscreen <laughs> cracked. Oh God! <laughs> it was rem- it was Remembrance Sunday. He knew there's a warm war in town, and knew that people would gather around it. This, man behavior, this man's behavior was despicable.
0: Was he looking to sell some ice cream? It sounds to me. <laughs> it oh. sounds to me
1: like he thought, a, "This is this is
0: this is I'm a perfect opportunity." Cle- I'm <laughs> going to clean up today. You know, this is this is when he, you know,
1: he's targeted days of the year. You know, Remembrance Sunday. The only thing worse is if he'd actually turn the chimes on during the two-minute silence. Yeah, like he does a special 99 Flake with a black cone. Just or just sticks a little poppy on top of it. Oh, brilliant!
0: <laughs> brilliant.
1: Um, yes. The uh, uh, the councillor says. Would you like continues. some poppy sauce, etc.? Yeah, uh, you can't put, you can't use red sauce could that be inappropriate. Oh no, it's red though. No, I think that's what it is to represent <laughs> the blood of fallen soldiers. Oh, yeah, that's good. I didn't think about that. Uh, his contact was sorry. His conduct was atrocious. The service began at ten fifty a.m. and included the naming of the fallen, a two minute silence, wreath laying, prayers and dedications, finishing around eleven fifteen a.m. All followed by ice cream. <laughs> all followed by ninety nines all round. <laughs> uh, although the road was not officially closed, a diver- diversion had been put in place via Friday Friday Street and Techbury Street. Uh, the driver's bosses said they were baffled at his, at his despicable behaviour. A spokesman for the, the Winston's ice cream company said we were dismayed to hear of the inappropriate disrespectful behaviour by an ice cream by a van driver at the end of the Miss Hampton Remembrance Day service.
0: Does it say if his intention was to sell ice creams? Because it must have been more. I don't think he was just trying to get there. He was... That's why he had the music on. He was trying to sell ice cream.
1: It doesn't actually does say... say? It, it, I think he was trying to try through it, so maybe he wasn't actually trying to do that. I think he turned up to sell some ice cream. There's nothing to say he was trying to to sell, to sell the ice cream. <laughs> oh, dear. Bless him. There are a few comments on this, way, right. uh, Aaron Lewis, 122, says... Like many people reading this, this ridiculous story. I have known the Winston family for years. I've always found them to be a passionate and considerate bunch. They've supported my local school charity days with free products and vouchers from many. With this in mind, I'm sure they are very upset to have learned about the incident or Remembrance Sunday. But what utter shit. Um, <laughs> right. Is this the Janet, the, 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 the SNJ's excuse for journalism these days? Well, why is he
0: upset with this story?
1: Well, I think he, he's siding with the ice cream comes It's on. worth
0: reporting. Yeah.
1: Um, Deb, uh, Deb's Court uh, responds by saying, uh, what is the editor playing at? This comment section in this article would have been helped if either the journalist, the editor, actually witnessed events. Instead of quoting, badger eyebrows, councillor Roy Nicholson, who I suspect was not an ice cream uh, lover to begin with. Uh, Crow, uh, well, that's his, his only name. And uh, excuse the a German accent, but I think this is how it's intended. Yes! We must suppress the truth. <laughs> <laughs> the same as we do in, in this day industry. Rolls rolls eyes. If this happened, why not report it? We are not in the GOs 1984 yet. No. GOs. GOs? George, uh, George Orwell. I was about to say George Orwell. Um, and Roy Nicholas, who obviously is the... Uh, the badger-eyebrowed counsellor decides to respond and just says, I was there. The van actually drove into me. And yes, I'm a lover of Winston's ice cream. Especially their honey and ginger. <laughs> and the last word... So he ran over somebody as well, Yeah, he actually ran into this counsellor. Uh, it doesn't say that... Badger-eyebrows. Yeah, badger-eyebrows. It doesn't actually say whether he actually bought honey and ginger ice cream when he went into him, but I don't know. Uh, and the very last uh, comment goes to uh, Chris Rainbow, who obviously has commented quite a lot recently. Yeah, Chris Rainbow. I think we
0: once had some speculation about him
1: that we had to cut out. Oh, yeah, no, that's why. Right, yeah. We won't go down that alleyway now. But you need to listen to this, Alex. This is important. I can reveal that the chap involved in this scandal was none other than Frank Winston, a member of the Winston family. That's a scandal. So we all know what to do when we want ice cream. Wars are very good, I hear. <laughs> Hope it costs a lot to repair your van and then there's, there's a, a four-letter word that's been uh, started out, which I'm guessing is cunt.
0: Rob, I really want to know more about this family. Please follow, please look for any future stories, because it's, it, it, there's a drama in here, a bit like The Sopranos. You know, you got the Winston family and the son goes rogue. You don't argue with... Do you know what I mean? Well, it's not the son, he's 74.
1: <laughs> no, 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 I reckon he's the father of the family and he's just a ruthless entrepreneur yeah. Allegedly regardless of what the situation regardless of the decorum he'll just go in there trying to sell ice creams Rob bearing in mind that it was ice creams
0: for the fallen remember, remember Rob bearing in mind that it was Remembrance Sunday there's something ironic about the fact that this brand of ice cream van is a Winston bearing in mind that Winston Churchill was a our point. leader yeah mm, so I just simply point. wanted to say we shall defend our island, Rob, whatever the cost may be. We shall fight them on the beaches. We shall fight them on the landing grounds. Grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall fight in the hills. We shall never surrender, Rob, and then we'll have an ice cream. Maybe a fab, if we want to be a bit old school.
1: At least put you up there. A fab is an ice cream. It's an ice lolly.
0: Yeah, well, I think the ice cream van should sell those as well. That's true. But thanks for the correction.
1: <laughs> Can I just say, by the way, as, a, as an addendum, um, Winston's is, is a local firm in the Australian area and the ice cream is simply sublime. You're hoping they're going to send you this? <laughs> yes, I haven't right. had it for years.
0: I really, really need to read you this story because I've been fitting on it now for weeks. It would have been much better, Rob, to have read it out at the time when it was topical, when it was actually Halloween, because I do <laughs> realise that by the time this goes out, it will probably be, you know, into the second week of December, it maybe may mid-December. It even be approaching Christmas. <laughs> but it doesn't matter, because it was a great story then and it's a great story now, Rob. I've got two of them. Okay. I have to read them out both. You can sit back, relax and right. enjoy. Right, let me get comfortable. Right. It's by Patrick Grafton Green, Fantastic. who, as you know, specialises in small, small... slightly comical stories. Well, this is a bit longer, this story. So it was from the 1st of November, right, Rob, after Halloween. And the story was this. Trick-or-treating Orpington youngsters handed real lamb's heart on (laughs) on Halloween.
1: Brilliant. That's fantastic. Right.
0: A group of trick-or-treating youngsters were handed a lamb's heart by a woman in a blooded butcher's apron brandishing a fake knife who chased them down the street. The four children aged between 9 and 12 were knocking on neighbours' doors in Orpington last night when they called on a local woman. The woman who had set up a table in her house with offal and raw meat on it (laughs) (laughs) answered and gave them a lamb's heart wrapped in a plastic bag. The children's horrified mother, who does not want to be named, said she would not be letting her daughters go trick-or-treating again. She said, I can't believe anybody would do anything so sick. To give children raw meat as a treat is just disgusting. My oldest daughter and her friend are nearly 13, though I thought it would be fine to send our nine-year-old daughter and her friend out trick-or-treating with them. But now I feel so guilty for letting them go alone. They came back carrying this heart in a plastic bag. They said they'd been given it by a woman from a house around the corner, dressed up as a butcher. She was wearing an apron covered in blood and had a mask covering her mouth and was waving a fake knife. She had a table out and on it were things like hearts and intestines and mints. You know, uh, as you do. She grabbed my daughter's friend's hands and gave her one of the hearts. I think at this point the children thought it was a fake heart. The woman gave them a plastic bag to put the heart in and then she chased them all down the street. (laughs) They were so scared they screamed all the way and came straight home. They were so shaken up by it. When I saw the heart, I couldn't believe it. It was a real lamb's heart. It wasn't fake at all. My daughter's friend has blood all over her hands. I made oh all God. of the girls go and scrub their <laughs> hands. I was so angry they'd be made to touch a real, real meat, they could have got ill from it. It's such a sick thing to do. My husband was fuming. He went round to ask the woman what she thought she was doing. She said she was just getting into the spirit of Halloween. She said it was just a bit of fun. The mum said she initially put the heart in her freezer because she wasn't sure what to do with it. But her mm. husband later threw it out for foxes to eat. As you do. She added, I'm so angry. If my children were younger, they could have been seriously traumatised. My kids go out every year trick-or-treating, but they won't be going again. It was a really frightening experience. Bromley police say they have not had any complaints. Now, before I read you the follow-up story to this, this elicited quite a lot of comments, as you can imagine. Yeah, of course. I tried to select some of the the choice cuts, if you'll pardon the pun. Nice. PLR2207 says, What a joke. This father is a complete idiot if it takes a non-crime like this for him to realise his precious little kid should be at home on a dark night rather than begging door to door. Call the police. What are they going to do? There hasn't been any crime. Good on this woman is what I say if it gets a couple of these begging maggots off the streets next year.
1: I really think that she is the heart and soul of Har- Halloween.
0: I just like the phrase begging maggots to describe young children. Yeah, triple it sounds, three, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Frank Brock says, excellent stuff. Anything that stops kids going out trick-or-treating is fine by me, and at the end of the day, why dabble in the occult if you cannot take this sort of response? Well... One of my favourite ever comments. <laughs> his his response <laughs> to this is, don't dabble in the occult, i.e. Halloween, if you cannot take this sort of response.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: that's true. Cookster says, they probably left feeling a bit sheepish. The lamb's heart, wrong. Mm,
1: yeah, yeah. Hmm.
0: Catmandu says, At last, a new shopper admits that Orpington Gossip is their primary source of scoops and general news, having used it uncredited for the last year. Uh, MJ Hun 12 says, I think this parent did the right thing here by making everyone aware of this danger and is actually a good parent. Raw meat contains bacteria that can be very harmful, so I hope that most of you on here commenting don't have kids. Perhaps other kids touch the raw meat thinking it was fake and then put sweets in their mouths without washing, so I hope they do not get sick. Oh, sod off golden brim boy says I had a couple of kids knock on my door last night and they gave them some sweets they're only kids you're grunts I found that comment slightly sinister okay it wasn't just
1: me (laughs) LCH says you didn't mean sweets did you isn't it
0: called trick or treat why do kids only expect to receive sweets or in my area money now She's confusing what trick or treat means. I admit that when I was little, I didn't really understand what trick or treat meant. I thought when somebody knocked your door, it meant you had the choice of either giving them a treat or playing a trick on them. Mm. So I was always very surprised when they would do things like put silly string on the door or whatever, because of course they, what it is, is they're saying trick or treat. You give us a treat or we'll trick you. Yeah. You, you, it's not for you if they're not saying a trick or a treat. But trick. why couldn't you no, tell them that? Isn't that a great it? idea though? Trick or treat, and and you're thinking, well, I can either give you a trick or a treat, and so you just punch him in the face. <laughs> I know I'll do it next year. Car park attendant <laughs> says, "Trick, mate." In response to the last commenter, because like Xmas, the festival of greed is driven by capitalism. <laughs> <laughs>
1: I'm sorry, that is it. Xmas, the festival of greed. Can that be that our website title? For, yeah.
0: for, no, for Christmas.
1: Oh yeah yeah. Could that absolutely. be our
0: special episode? Well we
1: time? might be the way we go at the moment that might be oh, right. this might be our Christmas episode. <laughs>
0: yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Cause like Xmas, the festival is greed, it is driven by capitalism and originates in the USA. Father Christmas. Well,
1: what, Christmas ethan saying the modern Yeah, the, oh, modern, the modern... Okay, the, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, yeah fair. Enough, yeah. Okay. The modern secular Christmas.
0: Yes. Father Christmas is the drug dealer of the consumer society. Oh, to make your children greedy and make them want, want, want all their lives <coughs> and got to have and turn them into little consumers and slaves to the capitalist system. Father Christmas is the pied piper of capitalism who will take your children away. This woman was doing a good thing. Right on, comrades. I agree with him. NJ Hun says, uh, 12 says, Anon, like I said before, the mother did not go to the papers. The bloody journalist came to her door and published this without consent as she was not intending it to go to the papers or police. Do you people not understand this? She just wanted to make people aware on Orpington gossip so that anyone that did not want their kids to be exposed to this in case they were traumatised or touched it and then touched their sweets before washing their hands and hence raw meat got into their mouths. I saw her child and she was not begging. The display had the meat all open on the table. She was given the heart in a clear plastic bag to take home but did not take it, but did take it out to touch as she didn't think it was real. The kids were told that they are not to have any sweets from the bags until they are checked at home for anything unwrapped or anything strange. Just leave it now! This is getting pathetic! and all your comments about the mother who's concerned about her kids is really low I agree that a warning sign should be put up next year and as many people say she does put on a good show and should do it again next year fine then if anyone doesn't want to go there they can just miss that house simple <laughs> end of story uh, I can't out
1: that bit there. sorry
0: <laughs> uh, Jippo Joe says calm down take a chill pill for fuck's sake <laughs> Minnie Cooper, 55, says, My friend was bathing her toddler when the doorbell rang. She called out of the bathroom window that she couldn't come to the door as she was bathing her child. She could see a group of teenagers, so they chucked firecrackers through the letterbox. <laughs> <laughs> I hate this time of year.
1: <laughs> That's harsh.
0: Isn't it? Modern Toss says, Spend your first
1: two years of a with baby, I'm Sorry. <laughs>
0: Modern Toss says, Spend your first few years as a parent of telling your kids not to speak to or trust strangers except for one night of the year when you tell them to dress up or knock on random houses begging for food. <laughs> Funny, really. Good point. Yeah. Uh, and I think we're coming to the end of these comments here, Rob. Madras says, no, sorry. Martin." says, 235 says I think they should just stop trick-or-treating. It's begging. It's dangerous and it's extremely annoying for homeowners. I for one will certainly be down the butchers next October the 30th to stock up on offal. I think this is a brilliant idea for a deterrent. On second thoughts I may stock up a little earlier The offal needs time to accumulate some maggots for better effect. Wow. Some people here really
1: hate trick or treating I do to be fair
0: indigenous UK pensioner the illiterate oh, yes. the illiterate <laughs> commenter says you don't get the kiddies doing a penny for the Guy forks now like when we was boys I suppose that was begging too now I think about it we was beggars though with the arse out of our trousers thank you an enduring Is
1: some sort of gay analogy endu-
0: <laughs> an enduring uh, image yeah now arse out of our
1: trousers I want to quickly
0: read you Rob the follow up story to this Patrick Grafton Green.
1: That's what I meant to say. That really ridiculously long comment. Were they trying to maintain that the journalist came knocking at the door? I believe so. Hmm.
0: Investigative journalism, Rob, at its finest. (coughs) Absolutely. Patrick Grafton Green, a week later, Rob, 8th of November. Right. Orpington Halloween heart woman. So she has the right of reply, Rob. She says, Child demanded money, threatened to steal dog, and ran off (laughs) with (laughs) her. The Orpington woman who handed a land's heart to a child on Halloween has hit back, claiming the child demanded money, threatened to steal a dog, and then ran off with the heart. The woman, who did not want to be named, rather like the mother of the child, (laughs) told the new shopper that she puts on a Halloween show for local children every year. Her and her friends dress up in costume and set up a table at the front of the house, on which they place hearts and minced meat and fake skeletons. She said, the reason we do this is because there are many parents who like to sit at the front of the house with their children and watch the show. What, staring at a table with a heart and for
1: minth meat. And what are th- they doing that makes it so entertaining? <laughs> is she juggling the hearts?
0: Stare at the heart, kids.
1: Look at the lovely heart.
0: Look at the awful. <laughs> yeah, that kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. We started it four years ago when we could see these deflated children walking around. So I decided to start to... So do- you blew them up. So I decided to start doing it for them. We do it for the community, the parents and the children. So you don't. <laughs> However, on this particular night, the woman claims one child in particular was out to cause mischief. The woman said, We have a bowl of sweets for the children, and this one girl took four bags of sweets. I told her that was probably enough. What a little bitch. She said, Well I want some money then. I said, we're not giving out any money. She then picked up my dog, a Yorkshire Terrier that we feature in the show that wears a skeleton outfit. <laughs> <laughs> she said Well I'm going to take your dog then When I didn't let her do that She said Right I'll take something else then I said You've had your sweets You should probably take them And go home She said I'm hungry I want something to eat I said Why don't you go and so have dinner a lamb's heart <laughs> I said Why don't you go and have dinner With your mum and dad We were all watching this child We couldn't believe What was going on It was at this point That the impish child Allegedly grabbed one of the hearts A lamb's heart That was on display the woman said, the girl snatched it off the table. She said, I'll take this then. I said, this is my part of the display and I'm going to keep it. She said, I'm going to keep it if you're not going to give me anything else. Well, what do you do in that situation? Do you try and prize it out of her hands and get done for assault? Or let say, her go off with it?
1: The image of a fully grown woman in costume, wrestling a child in That's costume. That's why she was chasing her. I mean. For a lamb's <laughs> It's
0: an enduring image. Then she started saying... Well, I bet you can't run faster than me. At this point, I thought, this is the only way I'm going to get this child away from my house. So I said, I bet I can. I said, I'll give you a two-second head start. We ran down the close, and then I said, happy Halloween. I hope you have a lovely evening. With the child gone, the woman and her friends were left to reflect on what happened. Bearing in mind, Rob, you're an ex-policeman. What do you make of this story? <laughs> the alibi. Alex, this story sounds awful to me. <laughs> I mean, it's just this completely it's bullshit. bullshit.
1: <laughs> it's completely made up. When I got
0: back, people were saying, I cannot believe the child did that. Then later that day, the dad came round with the heart saying, this isn't on. (laughs) I
1: thought he fed it to foxes. He he wrestled it back off the foxes.
0: I said, your child took that. She took four packs of sweets. Then she demanded money and then picked up my dog. Then she said she was hungry. Then she took something from my display. I was more than happy to speak to him because she was so disobedient. I had 60 children visit me that night. Some had even come by car. Some had even come by car to see the show. There was one child who just wanted more, 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 which is a shame. Comments. (laughs) Dino Fish says, complete opposite version to the original story, uh, which produced quite a few comments around Halloween, begging, childcare, used, etc. Individually, both versions sound plausible. Together they are irreconcilable. So come on, new shopper, do some proper journalism and get to the bottom of this. Mosley said, what age is this horrible little girl?
1: Yeah, is, is, this, is this the nine-year-old apparently picked up this dog and threatens to sleep? <laughs> yes.
0: The Wall says, I believe this version of events, plus this can be backed up by witnesses. Nasty bratty kid needs a slap backside. Jippo Joe says, odds on, it was, or was near, the Ramsden estate, or any part of the craze. Whatever, I bet you it was council tenant, kids. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Uh, You can see why I wanted to read that story, Rob. As I say, it's not exactly topical, but uh, you could listen to this next Halloween and have a good laugh. Absolutely.
1: As I fear, we're running short of time. It's actually quite fortuitous that I've actually done quite a short story. Yeah, we're running over, Rob. Yeah. Um, it's an old one from Shea, simply because I missed it the first time around. Um, and uh, it's just a nice story. Ideal for shepherd's pie? Probably the best potato shaped like a sheep you'll see today. Yeah, I've seen a lot of potatoes in my time shaped like sheep, so this is going to have to be some potato shaped like a sheep, Rob. Uh, I think it, you know, it, we may be on to a winner. A unique discovery was made at the Burcot Road allotments this week. Steve and Lorna Binning were digging up their potato crop where they found one that looked like it belonged in a flock rather than a sack of spuds. With a face, four legs and ears, it bears more than a passing resemblance to a sheep. Steve says, We've had the allotment for about eight years, but we've never really seen anything like this before. They named it Spud, and despite its unusual appearance, they're not going to let it go to waste. they have called the potato Spud. Yeah, what's that got to do with sheep? Nothing. It's, it's potato, Alex. Spud. <laughs> Shouldn't they have called it a sheep name? No, it's a potato. That'd be stupid. <laughs> um, Lorna just says we'll probably chip it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it would go off eventually. Then the the paper asks. Uh, We've never seen such an encounter resemblance be- between an animal and a vegetable before. Can you beat it? Post your pictures on our Facebook page. Oh, God. Um, so this story is from the uh, This Is Somerset website. Uh, and you are going to show me the picture of the potato. Alex, there's no possible way. I couldn't. Fuck
0: off, is that real?
1: That is not a real potato. Alex, does that or does that look... like look, 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 does that? Or does that look? Um, it's, it's a bit like a mouse
0: with a sheep's body, but, I can't it, say that, but yeah. it's a sheep with fucking big ears. But that I thought it was going to be a sheep that had markings on it. At, sorry. A potato that had markings on it that made it look like a sheep. But this is a potato that's got sort of an extra potato growing out of it, which looks like a head, and which has more potatoes growing out of it, which look like ears,
1: and has markings for eyes and nose. I think they've stuck a few potatoes together, Rob, don't you? Possibly. I mean, I think if, if, if it was in a field on a dark night, maybe not that dark, uh, and it was a long way away, you might think that was a sheep, albeit a small
0: one. Yeah. I'd really like to make a bad pun, but I can't think of one. I don't think you should. No, we already had the U one earlier.
1: Okay, I can do this. Um, uh, I can't think of anything. And what bombshell? We're gonna have to bring the podcast to an end. Yeah, very wise, Rob. God bless. Take care. <laughs>